Hey guys, before I start the show, I have to let you know Haley and the Crushers, my band, is playing in March. Arroyo Grande, San Luis Obispo, and San Francisco. Come check us out. It's going to be so much fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sparkle and Destroy, episode four. Destroy. Destroy. Quattro, quattro, quattro. We are an AM news station, and we're doing a morning show. I am here with my friend, Wine Darcy, not to be confused with the normal Darcy Halfley, but Wine Darcy. Wine Darcy is a special breed of human. Wine Darcy wrestles people in the kitchen. Wine Darcy gets on her bicycle and rides around town and does cool stuff. What else does Wine Darcy do? Um, sleeps. Wine Darcy <laughs> sleeps after she's had, but seriously, she does not drink a lot of wine. No, no, it's a joke. My son calls it Wine Darcy because Wine Darcy is really funny and uninhibited, and he likes to see more of that. So he knows I'm uh, usually pretty reserved. So I try to be. As you can tell, not really. Actually, that's a lie. I don't know what. Why, why did he invent Wine Darcy? I don't know. I should call him. I like. <laughs> I think that you have a wonderful relationship with your son to the fact that he feels comfortable enough to conjure up different modes of wine his mother. Darcy. He says, "Well, he said Wine Darcy doesn't." know when to stop so i think regular darcy knows when to stop like i'm like wait i just i'm gonna push an envelope here i gotta read the room people might not appreciate what i'm about to say but wine darcy dgaf exactly and for all of you people over 50 i'm not sure what that actually means i think it's doesn't doesn't, give a fuck that's what i thought but then i was like well because i have a teenager i'm down i'm down with all the hip abbreviations also can i I just say darcy's on twitter and i'm not so that just shows you how cool she is in comparison to me. Mindy Kaling started following me this week. Holy shit! Yeah, I've lost my mind. Oh my god, I love her. I could die. Um, wow. I don't even know why. This is like a whole new world I'm not even like prepared to get into right now. Okay. Because if I get into Twitter, then I will never you know come back. Why? Twitter Darcy is way more like Wine Darcy. Okay. I, I see a lot of things on there that I normally wouldn't say. I'm pretty ruthless and I, and, you know. So everybody go follow Darcy on Twitter. What's oh your God. handle? It's Darcissist. <laughs> right. Because it's the Darcy show. The Darcy show. Are you good enough to be in Darcy show? Yep, that's it. So, okay, so, so the reason I wanted to get my darling friend and neighbor over here. Oh, I'm darling, she's Darcy. A, I'm darling. Goodness gracious, she's a darling woman, is because I wanted to deal with the, to- the topic of silencing um, of feminism. And I feel like there's a lot of talk and a lot of kerfuffle and a lot of, <gasps> yes, kerfuffle. Whoa, that's way more eloquent <laughs> than DGAF. <laughs> Let's just say. There's a lot of emotions raging right now. There's a lot of people talking out, speaking out, acting out in very different ways. And everyone does it differently. And we're all on the same side. The only issue that I find with this is when people try to silence the way that you want to resist or the way you want to express yourself. Mm Because we can all express ourselves in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm so sick of people telling me how to be a feminist as if there is one way. And I think a lot of the times it's a man telling me how to be a feminist, and usually it's to be quieter and to settle down. Uh, so, exactly. Extended sigh. <laughs> Give me another extended sigh. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly how I feel. Thank you, Darcy. So I'm going to go over my little manifesto that I wrote um, yesterday in a little, like, fury of, not rage, but just like, God damn it, like... I love putting myself out there. I love that I get to speak out, but being silenced is 
is not cool and being shamed isn't cool. And I think a lot of that happens online and it happens for a lot of women mm-hmm. in like very subtle ways too. Uh-huh. So, so here, here we go. The first rule, the first rule is you cannot tell me how to be a feminist and that is a losing battle. So just, you can't do that. Would you agree with that statement, Darcy? Yeah. You yeah. can tell anybody you can. how to be a woman. Or to be an activist. Yeah, no, that's what they want to do. Like it's their own way, their like, own voice. Yeah, if you want to go it's to... It's like a, telling you how to wear your clothes or comb your hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a really important part of who you are. So nobody can tell you how to do anything. Yeah, or like, say you go to March and you want to do a sign. What if someone came up to you and was like, that sign is like really offensive and the way you did it is just like not PC. Like, I, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. That's fucking stupid. Um, we're all here for the same reason. We're all here for the same reason. Let's all stop, do it in our own way. one another. That's dumb. I would also say, number two, that moral policing says a lot more about you than it does about me. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like, you are, how bored are you? Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And if I you... Mean, you're not... Let's not bicker and... and or I'm assuming someone was policing you um, when we have much bigger issues to deal with. Let's just not fight amongst ourselves. Right. Um, I just uh, read Trevor Noah's book. Yes. Uh, so good. I have to um, read it. And it talked a lot about, and you know, I learned about apartheid in school, but I didn't really learn about it from the first person. And really that's uh, something that just makes the, those in power get more power is if we're fighting amongst ourselves. So. It's a trap. Yeah. Yeah. It's a trap. So why is it red? Okay. I'm looking at her screen. Because it means we're recording. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure it wasn't bad. Like, it's not recording. They're not catching my It funny, is bad for some people. Unabomber joke, which isn't funny. It's a terrible thing. Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Let's steer away from that word. All right. Let's think of a new word. I'm going to Google new word for that. You should do that. So, okay. Moving on. This is in response to anyone that is trying to silence myself or another feminine or feminist person or someone who... Um, identifies with that role, whether you are male or female. Um, I will not personally take on your feelings. I will not take on your good feelings. I will not take on your bad feelings. I will not, not take on your batshit crazy feelings. I will not take on your insecure feelings. None of them. I will not take them on. Those are your feelings. I have my feelings. Neither the twixt shall twain. Is that a word? Hmm. Neither do, neither the hmm. tw- neither the twat shall twinder. Whoa! Wait, that's Whoa. not right. Basically, what I'm saying here is, you may be outraged, you may be upset, you may have your own issues. Those are your own issues. Thank you for sharing them. Does not mean I have to take them on. Do not have to pick up any of that baggage. Ooh, I like that. That's good. Gosh, your boundaries are so good. <laughs> Always marveling. Healthy boundaries. The first rule of the Darcy Show is you can be on the Darcy Show. <laughs> You're just a guest star. Yes. Yes. You're just a cameo because she has she's working on her boundaries. So that's that's one that I feel very important oh, about. Okay. Hey. Yeah, go ahead. So here are the sorry, I'm, I totally interrupted mm-hmm. you. Which no, go is ahead. Something that Darcy does. Fucking Darcy show. Why Darcy is an interrupter. Mm-hmm. She's kind of a dick. It's true. Okay, so uh, manifesto synonyms. <laughs> Mission statement, platform, program. Declaration. Proclamation. I'm all about proclamation. When's the last time a goddamn woman had a freaking proclamation? A proclamation. That sounds like prostate and it sounds like an old white man would do it. Like, yeah, a, right? Like, women should have proclamations. Like, this is my proclamation. Manifest will just make you sound unhinged. I know. You're right. 
And it's also really You're right. like the communist manifesto. But I, 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 I am stockpiling guns. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Who isn't today? So, and Darcy, feel free to jump in here. Feel free to jump in here. Um, okay, what's next? Um, your off- dog licking your arm. <laughs> that, that's not me licking her arm. I thought it was you. No. Offer opposing views respectfully, and they will be welcomed. But I get to choose when, how, and if I wish to engage. Sometimes um, I will not engage, and that's my business. Are you talking about on social media specifically? Yeah, totes. Yeah, this is a big deal for yeah. me. Because, um, and I've, I, I, I did a couple weeks ago, and I started this, like, there's no Emily post for social media. I don't yeah. know. Maybe there is. I don't yeah. know. I haven't looked it up. But <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Um, that should be me. That should so be So people, first of all, Number one, stop throwing the word free speech around. Free speech means the government can't silence your speech. It doesn't mean that I can't kick you out of my house because I think you're being an asshole. And it works the same online. Yes, tell me about the house analogy. This is such an amazing way. So Facebook, especially. Twitter is, if you really want to argue with people, that's kind of what Twitter's for. Twitter's full of trolls. Half of the people aren't real. and Twitter is the bus stop. Twitter is the bus the train Angry station. water cooler okay. at the train station. Okay. Yeah, where people are just like, ah, I got things to say, and you can throw sarcasm around, and you can do stuff, and all that kind of thing. Facebook, I think, is your like your living room. So you have people on Facebook that you're friends with, and the thing that's kind of interesting about Facebook to me is prior to its inception, I was getting along just fine. Um, it was nice to be able to have my friends that I talked to all the time, like yourself on Facebook. So you can kind of see things and keep track. I have a massive family. I'm the oldest of six kids. I have a thousand million nieces and nephews. So it's really easy to keep track of people, but then you get like, Oh, remember me from high school? We haven't talked in 20 years, but now we have to be friends on Facebook. And there's this like implied, even though we have zero relationship, we need to maintain this Facebook relationship. And I, have found, first of all... But do you really um, have to? With some people. Okay. It's actually been a blessing. For some people, I've connected. But I'd say out of the bunch of people, it's been really kind of hit and miss. You don't really know who you're going to connect with and engage with and have private messaging with and call and see in real life. And that's the blessing. Right. But then the other people are just like occasionally cropping up, saying things. And sometimes you know they're stalking you because they're only saying things to be insightful or troll-esque. Right. Um, and that's really strange to me because I got along, okay, 20 years, not talking to you. I don't really know that I need to invest personally. I have not unfriended anybody during this election cycle or this political climate, but I've been unfriended. And so that's really funny to me because it's like, um, I, uh, have a lot of health issues. And so I have very strong opinions about affordable care act, especially the pre-existing condition clause. Um, and I will post something like, so when I talk about living rooms, you're having a conversation. You really need to read the room of the Facebook conversation that you're jumping into and understand And I actually find that it's um, older folks that don't understand those social things right. on Facebook. Right. Um, I'm not trying to generalize. I really just don't think they understand it. Um, that 
you need to know what that thread's about. Um, and then they'll like tag a bunch of people or, or they'll be right. really aggressive. Like Uncle Dale just storming into your Christmas party drunk, drunk and being like, drunkle and you're being a like, damn failure. failure. Your yeah. mother always said you were a failure. Yeah. Like, like come like, on. It's like, what's going on? I mean, I actually posted yeah. something the other day because you're a millennial and I love millennials. And I just thought it was really crappy that millennials get this bad rap. And so I was posting something about, you know, I think it's ageist not to, you know, to just discriminate against an entire group of people just because of their age and they're cooler than you and yeah like, and, and and really and we try, don't have real jobs and really try to think about <laughs> try to think about what you're doing there when you're saying that because you wouldn't like it if everybody was like oh you know baby boomers ah, or the greatest generation not so great it's not so great but um <laughs> people have such a, they're so relaxed and they're so eager to just bag on millennials and I was tired of seeing it. I really had seen a lot of it for a week and I was just done. So I said something about millennials like, hey, just for the record, I really like them and I've learned an incredible amount from millennials. Uh, I am an Xer technically, um, so look at us. Yes. Multi-generational yes. podcasting yes, right Yes, you here. really are. Check it out. Um, you can tell by her sarcasm. Her lo- Gen Xers have a like 80% sarcasm rate. That, yeah, it's true. Yeah, because we got the You're shaft. dark. You're fucking dark. Yeah, we're really dark. So, um, I posted something about millennials, like, hey, just stop doing this. It's ageist. Be kind to each other. Essentially, was my post. It wasn't, a, you know, it was some, something like that. And then people made it a political post, and I was going, what's happening? This, is, this is about, it's not about politics. It's about millennials. And then saying negative things. And if I'm putting something positive out there, I have the authority, and it's not taking away your freedom of speech by editing that stuff out because I want to kick you off that feed, just the way I would ask someone to leave a party that was, you know, drunk and disordered. How, I have a question for you, because I think I like to be, like, helpful. Like, how do you deal with the aftermath of this kind of stuff? Do you block it? Do you just let it go? Mm, I let it go because usually it kind of speaks for itself. Your dogs are fighting. Well, they're, they're not going to let this go. Um, <laughs> so uh, a similar thing happened a few days later. Um, I was... Uh, posting um, from a medical facility about, you know, hey, I'm up here and I really hope that they don't, you know, it was was vaguely about the Affordable Care Act, but it was really about people arguing with me about the Affordable Care Act who have never had to use services. I feel like it's a little slight. And can we pause and say use services? Like you use services like I used toilet paper. Like you use medical services all the time. And, and for the record, I don't have ACA coverage. And <laughs> I, ha- I'm, I'm, if I you are a coverage. healthy person, you probably don't think about this nearly enough, right? And so I talked about this a little bit. Just hey, I'm you know I'm at the doctor right now, and I'm just really grateful for this. Blah blah blah. And then someone like hijacked the post and got super aggressive. But you can kind of see what will happen. I would get texts from my actual friends during this thing happening on Facebook saying, oh my gosh, why is this guy going after you? Um, Are you okay? Really knowing what was going on and I just let it organically happen. So he decided to like tag a friend of mine and start an argument about something really bizarre. Well, I was actually posting from Stanford Medical Center and um, then eventually said like, well, you have a good life. I'm out of here. I'm like, okay. I think think it's kind of like you give someone enough rope, they just kind of 
you know, they just will go ahead and show their unhinged insecurities for the whole world. Um, and it was really kind of a positive experience in the end because I'm driving home. I have a long drive and I had friends calling me like, Hey, I saw that post today. I just wanted to check in and see if you're doing it. And I was like, that's awesome. So I think that if you're only engaging with someone on Facebook and you don't have their phone number and you don't call them, then just don't, you know, hijack their feed. It's just really rude. Yeah. It, like you said, it's like going into someone's house. Yeah. It's going into someone's house. So, and, so if, if and Twitter, I get to determine who's at my house, I don't get to let every single right. person. And in. that's what I mean. when I say that I don't have to engage yeah. and it doesn't mean anything. It's neutral. It's, yeah. it's not negative. It's not positive. I'm just, I don't have to engage. You're like, I'm not going to engage. I'm ignoring that. I don't have to. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not also, even, you might be at work. And you might not be responding. And there's people that think that you're supposed to be immediately sending a response. You know, I actually, I take that back. I had to block one person because um, at the Women's March, I was just taking pictures of families that were there, specifically women with babies. And I thought that was really cool because there was a lot of moms there. Um, A lot of um, normalizing breastfeeding photos and things like that. So I was taking a lot of pictures of women with their babies and families and I was just sharing those. It wasn't a political statement. This was just, oh, we're at the Women's March. It's a community event. Um, It was completely nonviolent. It was really great in San Luis Obispo. Um, And... Some because I tagged a friend in it, a friend's uncle or something, because they had the same it's last always name. Some goddamn uncle <laughs> got on and said like, "Oh, well, this is news. I guess you like abortion now." Well, I don't know this person, <laughs> and I don't particularly want this person to ruin someone's day. So that block button was really quick. I mean, it was like, "No, I don't know you. I don't know what." Like he saw it because he's friends with one of the people tagged. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dog. Sparkle and Destroy is sponsored by Dr. Kane's Comics and Games at 778 Marsh Street and Flanders Bicycle located on Broad Street in San Luis Obispo. Um, Speaking of Dr. Kane's Comics and Games and their crappy merchandise, I have um, the crappy proprietor right here. My husband, my bandmate, my bearded wonder, none other than Dr. Reed Kane Esquire. Hello. Reed... You are a total Gen Xer. Let's. I, I would like to explore this because Darcy's a Gen Xer, mm-hmm. and I am on the tail end of the millennial generation. Even though you don't believe that, and it disturbs you. What do you think is the difference between Gen Xers and millennials? And also, who's better? Um, as a Gen Xer, I uh, live by the philosophy that everything sucks and everything is against me, and I have to fight it every day and work hard to get anything done. As a millennial. That's, you know, I can see why that pisses you off. Because as a millennial, I feel like life is great. You have to have a lot of optimism, um, a lot of positivity. Um, like attracts like, you know, like uh, law of attraction, like make a dream board, make a mood board. You don't have to have a real job. Just just believe in yourself and believe in each other. And, and, and I would say in the middle of those two is probably a good place to be. Um, well, okay. Yeah, I think the Gen Xers have to fight to keep positive. Um, we kind of came from the Reagan era, which everything was going to, everybody was going to die during the Reagan years. So, but then Clinton came. I don't know. That's I don't know. I don't, I'm going to edit that. I don't like that. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not allowed to edit anything. Mm. <laughs> you don't even have. That wasn't even a question. You're just like rambling, and then I'm turning the mic over to me. I don't know what I'm going to say. That's spoken like such a Gen Xer. Mm. <laughs> But we are essentially back in the Reagan era. Everyone is going to die again. I think it's much worse now. I've spoken like a true Gen Xer. <laughs> uh-huh. 
<laughs> All right. So say a Gen Xer and a millennial go into a tattoo shop. What's the Gen Xer going to get? What's the millennial going to get? Go. Well, the Gen Xer has probably already got a lot of tattoos, and they're probably like shitty skulls and flames and probably a tribal armband. <laughs> uh, the millennial's going to get some like now tattoo that doesn't make any sense. It's a bit wall-to-wall color kind of thing, um, color outline. Probably or like a, a like a, two crossed arrows in a tent or some shit like that, <laughs> and in a weird location like middle of thigh, first tattoo. First tattoo, middle thigh. I think that's the way to go. Honestly, I mean, you get more bang for your buck. It's super painful. It's like you're proving to the world. It's like first tattoo right on the neck. Yeah, I hate follow a lot of tattoo artists that are terrible because I like it's funny. Yeah, not locally, though. We love all the local tattoo artists in San Luis Obispo, California. Mm-hmm. Reed Kane, is there anything that you would like to say about online etiquette? You are a famous, famous troll. In fact, you were a troll before that was a thing. I think you should fill our listeners in on that because it's hilarious. And I learned this about you several years after meeting you, and it kind of freaked me out and disturbed me because I thought, who the hell is this person I married? This is fucking crazy and creepy. And there's people that still know you from this online persona. Like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, I had this job where I had a lot of computer time. So I found this website, which is everybody knows about, Yahoo Answers, and I created a weird cultish community of trolls that ask stupid questions just to amuse ourselves. We all, we all had computer jobs, so. But it was, it was fun. And it lasted a couple of years till Yahoo blocked all of us, so. So this is like pre-Facebook. Yes. But I think, you know, the number of people's minds that you change, I don't think you change anyone's mind online with posting shit or arguing online. It's not, there's no one's, I've never changed my mind from someone ranting stuff at me. You know? So I think when I... Troll, I don't exactly, it's not exactly trolling, but I like to use sarcasm at least to try to make someone question their own beliefs by throwing their own rhetoric back at them. Let me give an amazing, amazing example. A great, great example, as our president would say. Um, there's this online um, selling forum, online in slow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and people would sell like their couches, their TVs, whatever. It was basically just like a catch-all for anything you wanted to sell. Pretty much like Craigslist, kind of redundant, um, on Facebook. And Reed decided he was going to sell a box of leaves. Now, this sounds really stupid on the outset, but it was actually hilarious and became like a cult following. Like, I think you should probably explain what happened with the box of leaves. They were a fine, fine box of leaves. Uh, I said I was selling a box of leaves, and then people would ask... Like, people were pretty good about it. They'd ask really funny questions, like, are these leaves good for my garden? And I would say, uh, yes, they're great. It is a box of leaves. And then people would ask, like, really <laughs> stupid, like, they, they, people who would, like, oh, this is obviously a joke post. So they would post joking things, like, um, could I serve these to my children? And I'd be like, no, this is a box. This is, these leaves are only for, you know, covering landscaping or mulching. <laughs> so I was giving really serious answers to the, to the, to the ridiculousness of the, box of leaves and people were trying to haggle with me which was fun too yeah and then what happened oh i got blocked i get blocked from all the websites that's how you know you're good at what you do online if you get blocked if you get blocked you're fucking killing it or you're a nazi Yee, okay i'm gonna amend that that's probably true but the fact that you can do really silly stupid dare i say stuff and yeah, sure. get blocked is hilarious to me because mm-hmm. you're striking a chord 
Anywho, I wanted to say box of leaves would be a great tattoo for a millennial to get. Oh, yeah, like literally, exactly. like literally just a one lot, like single line box. It's really geometric. That's that's Reed um, slapping Mavis's belly, by the way, our dog. A geometric box with like maybe like two like really simple sad leaves, sad leaves inside. Yeah. Also, great millennial band name. Yeah, box of leaves. Box of leaves. It's almost as good as our uh, band Summer Cats. But like... L-E-A-V-E-S. Box of leaves. You like can't I'm leaving. You can't contain nature. <laughs> <laughs> anywho, anywho. Um see, if you're a dude and you're this podcast is just too like like women like woman centered, woman first, women and women first. I had a dude on the show. How cool is that? Reed, thank you for bringing a little bit of testosterone in here. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, now get back in the kitchen and make me a sandwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. It's <laughs> sounded awkward to me. So. Sorry, that was stupid. That's funny. So, Wine Darcy, mm-hmm. if, and we're eating popcorn now, so just deal with it. Oh, man. If Twitter, Twitter is um, the wine, is the water cooler yeah. at the bus stop, yep. Yep, and Facebook that. is your living room, uh-huh. then what is Instagram? Your, the art gallery of your life. <laughs> but literally, like, what room in their house is it? Is it like your, fo- it's not your photo album. Kind of. I would say so. Where you look good all the time? Mm. Uh, it depends. Some people, I think it's some your, people will post pictures where they don't look good. I think it's your bathroom mirror. Ooh. I think that Ooh, Instagram hey. is your toilet. No. Because you always you don't pose on, on your toilet. toilet. True, there's food. So it's not yeah. your kitchen. It's your reverse toilet. It's the <sighs> food before it gets to the toilet. It's, whoa. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird treehouse where everything looks magical. You know, it's rare that I see someone troll someone on Instagram, and when they do, I really just feel like that person's just a real big pile of dog poop. Because to be on Instagram that much, you have to probably be a millennial, and millennials don't troll people. Yeah, I, I find that, you know, especially with, like, the body posi movement, there's a lot of girls that have, you know, hey, if someone posts a picture of themselves in a bikini and you don't like it, you don't have to say anything terrible. Oh my god! You can just not say anything. That segues so nicely into my next one. Because what? How, what's wrong with just not saying anything? You. It's not always. That was the other part of my. Yes. My Facebook thing. It's not always an invitation to say something. I might just post a picture, like this thing with the women's march. I wasn't even making a political statement. It was actually just. Look at this community event, period. Could be about anything. But it was really just the bands playing. I had video of people singing. Um, and look at these families. And then people started making them political. Or like when President Obama um, left office and people were just putting pictures of President Obama. Just le- let it go. You don't have to make a comment. People feel like they have to make a comment but on everything. That goes back to my other, manif- my other um, not manifesto, um, proclamation rule, which is you don't have to take on other people's energy or baggage. Right. So they're going to have energy directed towards you, whether positive or negative. Mm-hmm. Don't take any of it on. Right. Be neutral. Say mm-hmm. neutral. So sorry, um, I just chewed popcorn on your podcast. It's okay. It's adorable. So the next one is, um, this is so obvious, but it is, if you don't like something, you don't have to look, you don't have to read. Go ahead and read if you want to, but you don't have to. 
And um, just because you're putting Especially some... Especially yeah. photos. I mean, yeah. if it's a photo of child abuse or someone, you know, harming animals or doing something that I think most normal human beings are against, no matter what your politics are, um, yeah, you're going to say something and it'll probably be banned from that format yeah. or you'll just report it. But if it's just like a photo... Oh, I have a great example. Um, I have a friend of mine who's incredibly talented. Um, she makes homemade dolls, and they're really oh, good. Yeah, yeah. And they're of different rock stars. And where can people get them? Um, I don't know that she has an Etsy store yet. Right now, I think she's making it for Just friends. Just call out her name on her. her Natty Instagram. Threads. N-A-T-T-Y, Threads. Um, and she makes uh, dolls of famous rock stars, and they're great. And I don't know how she does it. They're because, really great. Yeah. And uh, so, so she posts a picture of, you know, this is Cher, this is Ziggy Pop, this is, the, this is that. And people are like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, it's great. Oh, I really like it. And there's one person that always gets on her thread and goes, you know what you should do? You know what you should do? Mm, I didn't recognize that. Wow. Um, I don't, I couldn't tell who that was. You should make sinewy veins down Iggy Bob's arm. And it makes me laugh so hard every time because that just tells me so much about that person. And then they'll always back it up with like, well, I don't know how to make dolls. So never mind. But it's like, why do you have to be critical? I mean, I just feel like, uh, all social media, like all human expression is going to bring out the best and the worst of human expression. So people that are very good communicators and are good talking to people and, and are good at expressing themselves are going to be really good in these mediums. And those other people just aren't. And so that was really funny to me when I would, and I noticed this happening to her a lot. It's like, uh, you don't have to buy her dolls. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Uncle Dave. <laughs> who's Uncle Dave? Uncle Dale. Uncle Dale is just my catch-all for the person uh, who's completely like socially like not in touch at all. Got and, it. And not, I thought you had a real one I was going to hear all And about. not appropriate. Just like, it's not appropriate. But I'm not going to take it on. So you can say all the things you yeah. want. It's fine. Because um, seriously, I can't make a doll in two minutes of a famous rock star. Yeah. I can't do it. Anything like that is amazing. Okay, so here's a good one. Okay. As a woman, you know, who puts out a lot of things into the world, right. uh, you may not do a podcast, but you have a Twitter, you have a Facebook, you're super vocal in mm -hmm. what you talk about and how you talk about it. Mm -hmm. You're very artful in your discussions. And you get it. Okay. All right. Keep going. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously do take your um, audience, your privilege, and the fact that you're able to speak out very seriously and you I use do. it and you use it to your advantage and like that's amazing. Um what I would say to somebody who is trying to silence you is okay, where's your content? Not not in a combative way, but what are you putting out into the world? Mm. Where is your blog slash music slash art slash um Twitter where you talk about social issues? Where can I find your ideas? And let me just say, if you're not putting yourself out there into the world as I am or as you are, I don't have much to say to you because you're really not risking the vulnerability so I think to that's be the real. So difference between someone that's actually actively engaging and someone that's just trolling. Right. So someone that's actively engaging that, you know, on whatever, whatever medium, whatever topic that's on there a lot, or someone, are you just like a person that's just copying other things and are you just going on other people's pages to do that? Do that on your own page. And I, I found that that was an interesting 
thing that was kind of happening too. I'm, I'm very personal over the years. And as I got get older, I think this happens to a lot of women, actually. We get a lot stronger as we get older. So we're not afraid to show our vulnerability and to make things really personal. So when I do talk about something that's political or I do talk about something that may be religious or something that people don't really particularly want to talk about, I always personalize it with my own experience because everybody is a product of their own experience. So I get what you're saying. I would love if someone was just going off and reciting facts or memes or just hammering you with news clips. What, I want to know your personal experience yeah. and your personal story. But I feel like a lot of people are still so guarded, so they're, they attack on social right. medias because they don't know how to let anybody in. And so say you put something out there where you're vulnerable about how you're feeling or your political feelings, whatever, and someone completely just attacks you. Would you say it's good advice to be like, all right, does this person have a website? Does this person have an opinion? Does this person talk about how they feel from their heart? If they're not doing those things, I mean, do you feel like you can even take them seriously? Because if you're on the sidelines, you're not in the game. If you're not really putting your heart out there, I don't really know if I need to engage. Uh, yeah, I, I just think that comes with life. Okay. I think it happens day to day, too. I mean, there's people whose opinions I really respect that matter and that I will take to heart and I will listen. And yes, I can listen to criticism and I understand it and I take it seriously. Uh, but there's just people that uh, you're like, I don't have time to yeah. take this on. And I think it really is a reflective of their personality probably uh, on the day-to-day uh, as well. You know? Right. I, I mean, I've gone to the point where I've gone, oh, this is an interesting subject. Oh, I'm going to do some research and I'm going to go see if this person has more things about it. Um, if, if that's what you're talking about. Yeah. I like to be well-researched. And when someone talks to me about something and I go, oh, hey, we're if it's a subject that I've posted, um, you know, I want to really talk about this. I want to make sure that I know what I'm talking about. And there's a new fact that came up. And if some example was just yeah. me talking about movies the other day, and I was really excited because my thread went just out of control about film right now, which was great because it wasn't about politics. And people don't get so their feelings so hurt when you say like, I hated that movie. Yeah. Well, you're allowed to have that discourse about film. Yeah. You know, I was like, meh, La La Land, unless people loved it and people were fighting. And I really like Man and Chester by the Sea. But nobody was getting their feelings hurt, tucking their tail between their legs and getting super personal. We understand that art has varying tastes and people yeah. people like that. Yeah. So um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> but uh, yeah. You don't. Here's the next one. This is a big one. This is a big one. You don't know me. Uh, you don't know what I've been through. Yeah. And I don't know what you've been through. Yeah. I don't assume to know your struggle and you cannot assume to know mine. This is a very important one because even if you're looking at a straight male heterosexual dude, you have no idea what they're going through too. I'm not saying that all these certain people have privilege and their lives are wonderful and other people's lives are terrible. What I'm saying is every single person has a rich inner life, a rich inner struggle. Um, They deal with so many things that are not pulled to the surface and they're maybe not sharing. Right. And I think this is a huge issue because you have to remember that before you go and call somebody out, think about it. Do you Are you assuming a bunch of stuff about this person? Um, that's not cool. That's not cool. And people actually did it on, you know, have done it to me. Um, the people that I have technically particularly called out, I've actually really known and, and kind of said that's hurtful. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's kind of rude. Um, but I think that's kind of how life is. So if you're an activist and your point, you know, it's really easy to say, um, 
you, you, I think you were sharing your experience about it was you had done some things for Black History Month. Most people don't know that your sister's black. Um, so for me, it's like I'm, you know, I'll do a lot of things for pride, LGBT. And a lot of people don't know because I'm, I'm married to a man currently that I'm a member of the LGBT community. Um, so they don't um, understand Because you associate that. as queer. Yes. Um, and do you want to talk more about that? Sure. Um, I've dated women um, in my life. I just happened to marry a man. I think that's a kind of an interesting thing for bisexual women, too, is that if you marry a man, then it's almost like you're just pushed into this. But that's still a huge part of who it's I like, am. It's like, never mind. Never but that's mind. not true. Like, no, we, we no. are all on a spectrum. Yeah. And I actually never even brought that up um, to my child until he brought it up to me. And then I was like, oh, yeah. So, you know, so is your mom. And he was like, what? Really? Oh, okay. So people don't understand that things are on a spectrum. They don't understand that I used to be really conservative, that I voted conservative in my first two presidential elections. And I'm from a very, very conservative religious background and that life has changed my mind and experience and education and things have changed my mind. And so I see things a little bit differently. Oh my God. Can I just say that I applaud so much that you're even saying that right now in this climate? Like, thank you. You can change your mind. Hey, you could change your mind and become super conservative tomorrow. No, I know. I have a wealth of experience just because I'm a white woman doesn't mean that I haven't lived a few things that I haven't been there, that I haven't seen, that I don't understand, you know, the, um, the Trump supporters. I mean, I certainly do. I have them in my family. I understand where they're coming from and that where that came from. I mean, I basically grew up in a very, very rural community that was just, just, just pretty much like grapes of wrath. Like it was just, it was, <laughs> it, was it was right there. Like, it, you know, so um, where silencing women was a common theme and that women were supposed to be silent and subtle. And you know, I went to only, yeah. um, uh, I went to several different religious schools because they were the only private schools. Uh, there was times where, I mean, the most um, extreme version was just getting a phone call. I'm a very competitive person. And I'm not, I'm not as competitive as I'm older, but growing up, I was a very competitive person. I was a very vocal girl. I was um, I always felt out. I actually got a great, I'm going to do a segue. I got a great email from someone that grew up in a very similar wait, wait. community. Who said to me, and I cried when I read it, which is one of the blessings of Facebook, was that um, growing up, she wanted a role model and I was her role model because growing up in that same climate, she felt uncomfortable in her own skin. Also being a queer woman, also, you know, not believing the culture, didn't know what to do. And I remember feeling that way growing up, just feeling I am so uncomfortable with who I am. Which was Mormon. Um, yes. Thank you. Well, I would like <laughs> I to just be, I'm sorry. Because I, I know a lot of Mormons. No, like, we're not talking, we're not saying anything's wrong with being Mormon, but I but think. I, okay. So I'll put this, I was a Mormon girl who went to both a Baptist Christian junior high school and a Catholic high school. Dude, I have got the religion market just cornered. I mean, there was times that I would have to go to church in the morning before school, then go to church at school, and it was all the different churches, all right. of them. So, and I took that very seriously. I mean, I read every religious text that I could get my hands on because I was just so totally searching for answers. And the thing that I settled on, um, I read Bhagavad Gita. You know, I, I I read the Quran. I read all kinds of things. I wanted to get all of the answers. Was nobody has all the answers? No, nope. <laughs> nobody has and them I have all. To say, you know, my, my my brother traveled to China um, in search of the answers. He 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 learned. Hebrew, just so he could read um, 
the Old Testament in Hebrew, and he came to the same conclusion. I have to say, this is wonderful that you're sharing this religious aspect. I know it's really hard because there's mixed feelings and you don't want to offend anyone. But yeah, I'm not offend anyone. My mother is like the biggest <laughs> feminist I know, and she was raised extremely Catholic, and it was probably one of the worst things that ever happened to her, as, yeah. as well as her, her siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a ripple that continues to go through our entire family. Mm-hmm. Um, also, my sister went to Catholic school. Um, those situations and the guilt and all the things you internalize, I mean, it's amazing that anyone gets out alive and, and to get out and thrive. Um, so I, I appreciate that you even share that because well, it is... What was interesting um, is I, you know, being a very competitive person, I... What? Um, I've, like, never played... Wait, I've played, like, Cards Against Humanity with you. I don't think you're... Wait, you kind of are actually competitive. Kinda. But <laughs> um, in school, the thing that I knew that I could do and I could do very, very well was I was very good at school. And so it was a rural community, a very working class community, and a girl winning all of the academic awards was not something that was going to be in my favor. What was the feeling like when you won oh, the awards? I got awards? the crap beat out of me. Wait, physically? <laughs> oh, yeah, all wow. the time. All By the time. other women or men? Um, boys. Wow. Yeah, boys. Um, so, you know, I... What was that like to just feel that intensity uh, of um, being the whipping rod? Um, I... This is going to get, like, super personal and be, like, a totally different You don't podcast. have to. It's well, But it's I'd lo- I love it if you want to share. Sure. Um, so I learned to not emote um, at school. And a lot of that was, you know, there was not a lot you could do in the area that wasn't... There was no bullying awareness at the time. So it was always your word against this person. And you just had to kind of learn how to cope and to keep someone from, from hurting you. And I would um, never let them see me cry because, first of all, that was just going to show a sign of weakness. That's a lot of the things that gave me, like, incredible amounts of strength. And uh, also, um, I cut my teeth. I cut my teeth on arguing, and I had nothing but my words to defend myself. So I learned very young how to use my voice as a weapon to um, disarm people. Um, sometimes making them laugh helped. Uh, sometimes making fun of them helped, getting their peers to know what their insecurities were, making fun of them to keep me from getting the crap beat out of me <laughs> at school. And it was pretty bad. I mean, it got to the point where my parents did have to pull me out of school for a year and then sent me to the private schools afterwards. I think this works so much with the podcast, though, like because what we're talking about are words and putting your words out into like the global atmosphere and... You wouldn't yeah. have... And people won't know what they say sometimes really does trigger me. Right. And that I am holding back a huge... But the fact that your words are your weapon, not your weapon, but your method of truth is like to use your words in a very discerning and very thoughtful way. Yeah. And I'm not going to so, go off on someone the way sometimes people go off on me because I understand no. that I... And I could if I wanted to. I almost... I always joke that I am in the... Avengers movie, uh, when the Incredible <laughs> Hulk comes out and they say, you know, um, uh, he says, you don't get it, I'm always angry. He's always controlling that and that's how I feel and I've, I've worked at that very hard. So I'm going to be very mindful of my yeah. speech and what I say, that I'm trying to be inclusive because I know what it feels like to, to and I can wound with that, those words yes. if I want to. Yes. Um, and I choose not to. And so it's really Ugh. just understanding that you're responsible for the things that you say and the things that you put out there. Standing ovation. And the things you do to people. You are responsible for the things you say and the things you put out there. How about some emotional um, 
sanitation. Like, let's, yeah. like, have our energy be something we're conscious of. Like, let's not put energy out there that is a mess. Let's put energy out there that is directed, that is conscious, that is right. respectful, and that serves a purpose. Yeah. Like, that's what this whole thing's about, yeah. you know? I mean, if it all served a purpose, we wouldn't have fake news. <laughs> but we have all this stuff. I mean, I guess it does serve a purpose. Um, and, you know, I was very vocal when I was a kid and I would ask a lot of questions and I had a lot of critical thinking. I just came out that way. I don't even know how it happened, but I just came out critical thinker. My parents had the strong-willed child book. They didn't know what to do with me. Um, I'm the oldest of six kids and, you know, thank goodness I was this critical thinker. And I would get calls from like my ecclesiastical leaders and and things saying, Wait, you know, wait, what, what is ecclesiastical? Ecclesiastical, ecclesiastical leaders, like your priest or your parish. Oh, Lord. Leader or whatever. Oh, Lord. And they would say... Um, I remember, I, will, I distinctly remember because I was a teenager at the time of, hey, Darcy, you need to tone it down. Because um, we had Bible chase where you had to answer the Bible questions, all these trivia questions, and I would kick butt all the Ugh, time. Gag because, with a spoon. But hey, I read it. And so that's what's really interesting when people will come at me, especially with religious things or conservative ideas, they don't realize that I'm coming from a place of understanding and expertise. I was you. I get it. I understand. You know, I know what's happening. I know what you're thinking. And sometimes I feel really a huge amount of empathy for them. And But then there's times it's like, uh, okay, if you're coming at me aggressively, I also am going to protect myself. Right, right. Um, and Colleen St. Darcy, you need to really let some some other people win. You can't win all the time. No. It's not very ladylike. And people <laughs> don't like girls that are really aggressive. Boys don't like that. I mean, I can't even tell you the number of times that I heard that. Never from my parents, but from the culture that I but was raised But just to in. bring this back, like when you say you need to turn it, tone it down or you're being aggressive, you know what's funny to me is like that doesn't really mean – it's very vague. Like tone it down for a woman can mean anything from like you're sitting wrong to like your hair color is the wrong color or you're talking too much about what you feel. Or being, <laughs> being a – You know? Going to Catholic school and being called out in class to talk to a priest by yourself – uh, the ripe old age of like 15 years old mm. in his office to tell you that you're um, too seductive Ooh. and that boys are distracted Whoa. in class and you're impeding their learning because, because, because you're too seductive. Because it's all on you and you carry yeah. the shame and you yeah. carry the power and your yeah. body is a shameful, shameful thing. Yeah. That is ruining. You don't even know. Four therapists. Other people's so lives. So many hours. But. Um, I have an idea. Being raised <laughs> by somebody who has had similar experiences. But really feeling like, oh, okay. Well, am I out of dress code? No. Um, well, uh, is something wrong with my hair and makeup? I, like, I'm a rule no. follower. It's it, like, no. You're Darcy. Just, you're, just, you're just being too seductive. It's you're your, it it's your original sin. You were born. <laughs> you were literally born fucked. You were born fucked. Stick a fork in you. You're done. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Anyways, gosh, what a wonderful segue. How wonderful for Darcy to share this. This really, it means a lot. Yeah, sorry. It's no, so it means personal. a lot. So I'm personal. really happy. Um, what were we talking about, though? We're talking about silencing women. Yes, and I'm, I'm just going down the list here. Oh, okay. I, um, I, feel like, I feel like I lost track. <laughs> I start to get down the, the rabbit hole, and then I go like, oh, no, that actually happened. Well, ah. this, this kind of touches on something you just said recently, which is so profound when you think about it and it is something that I've come to realize that I'm okay with in myself even in myself I thought that I was very rigid in my beliefs and who I was and that this is who I am and to change is to give up Mm. and I've realized that actually your strength is in your change and so my last um credo if you will my last proclamation would be that I have the right to change my mind Mm -hmm. 
to learn and grow for as long as I live. In fact, I have the right to relish this growth without shame or explanation. I think that is big because it's it's saying that I'm owning my growth. Um, I don't have to be ashamed of the things that maybe do need changing. Maybe I will change my opinion. Maybe I can become more politi- political. I can become more radicalized. I can be more informed. I can you have a change t- of heart. You could totally, but now you're just making people want to argue with you. And you could be wrong. And you could be wrong and not be sorry. Yeah. And be like, I'm wrong and I'm learning something new. And like, there was a study and I, I wish I had the citation. I'll come back and I'll give it to you so you can put it on your blog. Put it on the, um, the but, bibliography. Yeah, the bibliography. Uh, there was a study that was recently done that um, said that the person that you are when you're 14 years old right. is so very different from the person very you are when different. you're 70. I'm so completely different. Um, you know, my brother just said that he found a whole bunch of old family movies and the way we interact and our family dynamics are the same as when we were like 15. Um, my baby sister's 13 years younger than me. She would have been two. Uh, but uh, your ideals and your experience and everything, you're, you know, you're born with your temperament, your personality definitely changes. And I think to, to stay fixed is really kind of, it's kind of sad. I agree. Um, I think it's a trap. And I, and I think I've it's had, dangerous. Oh, I've had friends that started out super liberal and are now really conservative. This isn't really about that. It's about um, nobody has the ability to tell you, you and know, what you should say. And what I you guess more say. what I'm saying is no one can call you out for that because to be human is to change. Right. To be human is to grow. So um, get on board with that or get the hell out because we're all changing and we're right. all able to change each other's minds. Not not in a coercive way or like I'm trying to control you. But I said I would fluid. never, ever, 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 ever get married again and then I met my husband. Right. And people were like, I thought you were never getting married again. I was like, well, of course I said that, you know, right. five, six years ago when I was, I had no intention. I wasn't looking. I met this person. Things yeah. change. I mean, things change. And, and it's not a weakness on your part. You were, talking, you were talking about earlier, maybe you can edit this back in and it'll yeah. make more sense, but you were talking about toning it down. What does that yeah. mean? And I'll, I will say something that's really funny is I think it was a little bit of a culture shock for my husband when I first married him. Um, and he would make comments about me being uppity, which, oh, I can't stand, right? He made a when, joke When was the last time a man was called uppity, by the way? Never. Literally, um, never. never in the history of the goddamn world. Look he at the said, fucking Bible, and you will not find one uppity man. He said... Um, you know, something on Facebook about uppity, you know, about, you know, I call my wife uppity and I learned my mistake or whatever. And your husband said, if you have an uppity woman, you're really lucky. Who said, when? when? Dr. Reed when Kane. When did you say that? I'll find it. But I thought it was what, on most, Facebook. Yeah, it was probably like 2012. Uh-huh. Praise the Lord. So I got loves, a good man. He loves his uppity woman. <laughs> he loves her. My husband says I can be uppity to everybody but him. <laughs> but then I'm uppity to him. You always have to be suspicious of terms that are only used on women. Oh, like yeah, that drives boss, me. Like, like, when's the last time a man was oh called bossy? Oh, my gosh. I was told bo- I was bossy all the time. You're so bossy. I mean, my whole life. Just, I, take, just, just take the Y off. But I spent a lot of boss. time really thinking there was something wrong with me. I mean, I spent until I was probably 35 years old thinking there was something wrong with me, that I needed to be more subservient, that I needed to be more toned down, that if maybe if I was would just act this way and not be so combative, then uh, I wouldn't get the crap beat out of me by this dude. I mean, that's the thinking yeah. that goes along with it. It's, it's like really It's like, sad. really, yeah. 
you know. And, like, I would say to that point, you're not combative. You're intelligent. <laughs> you're just like, hey, guys. If you dangle a piece of idiotic, like, dumb shit in front of an intelligent person and they don't say something back, yeah. I mean, that is, if you're smart, you're going to say something back. And it's not even being combative. It's just being a conscious, intelligent person. And I think sometimes it's like... I, Wait, I, you're supposed to dumb yourself down? Is that what this tone down is? Like, dumb maybe, yourself down? Maybe. I, I do think... I do think that, um, you know, there's something to be said for, I don't know, being an asshole for peace. Um, we, if we, we're going to go back to like... Thank uh, you. We're, if we're going to go back to the, poli- the political theme of this podcast, if that's what Which it is. we should, because we are wrapping up. So we, we should go up. back to the is beginning. Is that, um, uh, you know, uh, I, I think um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that liberals have gotten like way, way too sensitive and, and too focused on, you know, nitpicking each other's political correctness. And that, that I will say is absolutely true. And we need to like shut up about that and, and focus on and focus on the issues. And, um, you know, He's not. A, he's a non-issue now because he's gone. But when Milo Yiannopoulos was yeah. in town, I went to see him because I'm not gonna wait. I'm not gonna have people like protesting and being weird. I'm, I'm not afraid to go and say, oh, "What is this?" Wait, jerk you didn't. Off? You didn't go to the protest? No, I went to see him. It was free. Oh, it was. Yeah, it's free. I was gonna go to that protest. I heard there was like riot police up and down the yeah, wazoo because that's what he wanted to see. And then you go to see him, and you're like, "Oh, so this, how was it?" He's an idiot and a distraction, and um, a couple a sexy other- distraction like you when you were 15. Mm. Sorry, I had to put that in there. Maybe he wouldn't have. Anything When's to do the last time a man was called a distraction? Just saying. Yeah, and and now he's a he's a non-issue. But I felt like what a waste of time and energy to be there protesting this 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 stand-up comedian celebrity. I mean, riding the coattails of actual things that are happening in the government that we should really be focusing yeah. on. I mean, say like be targeted in what you're spending your energy on because you're just going to spin your wheels and if you're going to fight one another, you're going to wear yourselves out, which I guarantee is what the face of Dusty Bannon wants to happen. (laughs) Is he really, you know, distraction, 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 and we're going to be, but let's focus and let's look at what's really, what's really happening. And, you know, he's gone now and even his own Breitbart employees didn't want to work with him and and what a waste of time to... I feel like he's going to be on a, on a reality show, like, in a year. Oh, my gosh, with Dr. Drew. Right? Like, yes. Like, he's going to be, like, the next, like, with flavor a really, like, flavor. With, like, oh, with, like, a really over-plastic surgery, right? like, washed He up. already kind of does look like he has fillers, so. With one of the, like, um, Real Housewives cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and maybe a member of, like, Warren. Yeah. So, listen to Wine Darcy. Don't be distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be distracted. Um, I would add to that. I think you have to be outward and you have to be cognizant of the news, but you also have to look inward. What can you contribute in your own area? Bloom where you are. Can you contribute? Oh, let's talk about you. Can you contribute? Such a little flower. But can you contribute to your local Planned Parenthood? Can you go to a local rally? Can you do I will art, say something, though. Can you do something from your heart that means something you can put out into the world? Even if it's tiny, go and do that. Not and don't just, be intimidated. Not just rallies or things that are might be kind of sexy, like, yeah. like protests and organized events. Yeah. If you are one of the people, one of the millennials that doesn't have a real job, who can go to things like city council meetings and county board of supervisor meetings wherever you live and you have that time please go uh because they're you know you watch them on tv and they're really boring and like the same like i'm not kidding locally the same people that are at the meeting in a real grande 
or at the meeting at the county or at the meeting in San Luis Obispo. It's the same like five people. It's really great to go and just hear because there's little things that are on those agendas that they're talking about and laws they're making and, and things that they're fa- doing that affect you. And that reflect the larger scope. Yeah. Yeah. That, that might not be as exciting as like, you know, protecting something. But it might be really important. And I um, will talk to people like that about all the time. Go, gosh, you know, why, why, why is my property tax so high? Well, it was a ballot measure. Don't cry that, about it. Is that, is that what I voted for? Probably. So just, um, you know, be, it's a really good opportunity just to just not be activists, but just be, just be a citizen. Just be present. And if you're available, because I know a lot of it's a lot of people that work nine to five can't go to those meetings. Some right. of them are in the evenings. But if you're available, like know what's happening in your community. Know what's happening. Yeah. Maybe there should be some sort of like meetup group or like a bunch of people go together or like a Facebook group. It just depends on where you live, though, because you might live yeah. in the city of Grover Beach and and those things really are for the citizens of Grover Beach. Well, if we have more information as we kind of think about this idea, you should check um, out is your boyfriend in the band.com and I will have a blog post corresponding to this episode. And I will also have links in the show notes. Yeah. You should link all the city council meetings. I should do that. I will do that in honor of wine Darcy. I also have to say that Neil Breton is doing a zine, um, that is coming out soon. That is going to be multifaceted, uh, with many different artistic disciplines, writing, um, art, um, all sorts of stuff. And you can get involved with that. You can go to Instagram at Neil Breton art. You should also go follow Darcy at at Darcissist on Instagram and Darcissist on Twitter. Mm. You can also follow... I'm on Facebook, man, if I don't know you. She's That's my g- living room, yo. Yeah, don't go in her living room. <laughs> take off your shoes first, please. Take your damn shoes off first. Wear deodorant. And wear deodorant. <laughs> Actually, Dr. Kane just started wearing deodorant like two years ago because I made him. So you don't have to wear deodorant, but just if you want to get if once you, in a while, if you want to get laid, so <laughs> what in my living room? No, you're not who, doing that. Who there. hasn't? <laughs> who hasn't? Who hasn't? I dare you to tell me who hasn't. So I would like to say Is that, what that what you do when you watch my cats. <laughs> explain. Watch your cats. Oh my gosh! Oh, I need a Febreze. There is, I need Febreze. There is a kitty that gets fed. I'll tell you oh that my much. <laughs> with that, you were never house sitting again. Thank you. I've been waiting to get out of that for years. So we want to thank Darcy Halfley for being on the show. Thank you so much. I very, very, very much appreciate it. Um, I want to thank Peyton Manning for eating popcorn, licking both of us and fighting with his sister Mavis throughout the entire Not show. Not like the cat at my house. Yeah. <laughs> both of us. If you would like Ba-da-ba. more dog action, listen to the last episode where Mavis actually has a cameo. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just appreciate it and keep on keeping on. Do the things that c- come for your heart that you feel like you can do. Um, don't lose hope. Every single day is a new day, and you're not alone. Yeah. And then take it like a champ if someone calls you an asshole because you can't please everyone. Or block them. (laughs) Take it like a champ! Sparkle and Destroy is produced by myself, Haley Kane, with help from my husband, Dr. Reed Kane Esquire. I also want to thank Darcy Halfley for coming in, spilling her guts, and being so real with us. Thank you so much, Darcy. Cul-de-sac life, cul-de-sac wife. 
Um, <laughs> also want to give a huge shout out to Randall Cena at Certain Spark Studios, who so masterfully, masterfully helped record, um, mix and produce this uh, music you hear behind you now. All the music from this and all episodes um, comes from my band, Haley and the Crushers, uh, which also features Reed Kane and our drummer, Gabriel Oliveria. Hey, Gabe, what's up? Um, I also want to say that March 8th is going to be a Day Without a Woman event across the world. Women are not coming into work. Women are wearing red to show their solidarity, and they're speaking out. So if you want to get involved, I would just Google that and see how you can contribute with your own skills, inspiration, whatever you feel like you can give, give. It doesn't have to be money. Sometimes it's just time. Sometimes it's just passion. And that's what I try to do every single episode here on Sparkle and Destroy. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at sparkleanddestroypod at gmail.com. You can follow me at sparkleanddestroypod on Instagram. And you can find out more about my band, my music projects, my, my writing at isyourboyfriendintheband.com and hayleyandthecrushers.com. That's H-A-Y-L-E-Y like Haley Mills. And as Haley Mills would say, the pair went twap. Okay, that made no sense. I don't know why I ended it that way. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah thanks so much guys appreciate it and uh, send me a message I want to know if you enjoyed this sort of format I know it was a little bit weird this week and just very loosey goosey so I hope to hear from you soon sparkle and destroy